Good morning, good day, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Nordic Football Podcast. My name is Jonathan Vaduba, and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and colleague Steve Wiss. We're back for another episode, and this week it's going to be a recap. The season has begun, and in both leagues, hooray, hooray, and hopefully you've delved into the season previews. We've had, obviously, the uh, Osvenskan season preview two weeks ago, and now uh, Mr. Meatman did a great job on the Elite Assyrian season preview. Well done, Steve. Uh, how are you today? What a very smooth intro that was, Jonathan. Thank you very much for a fine introduction. And uh, I'm doing all right. Delighted that the uh, Elite Assyrian is back. It's been good to see some um, some football. Not too many goals around, as we'll talk about soon. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying the return of uh, some uh, Scandinavian football. Yeah, and week one uh, kicked off this week in Norway and that's where we're going to start this week obviously we we break up the show for those who are maybe new to listening we always tend to try and break up the show into um into uh obviously Osvenskan and Elita Serien hopefully you'll stick with us for both but let's get started with Elita Serien because the first round of games took place this uh obviously bank holiday um for those obviously in the, U- in the UK it took place this week uh, I'll run through the results Steve and then uh, we can talk about it. we've got quite a lot of listener questions um, and we're going to discuss fantasy in a little bit of detail as well because uh, I've never seen so many people join the Nordic Football Podcast League, by the way. Um, really great effort from everyone who joined. I think there's 44,000, 45,000 players roughly in, in the Norwegian elite. So in fantasy, which is incredible, to be honest. So it seems like the league is really growing from that point of view. People looking for their fantasy fix. So I'll just read through the results, Steve. Obviously, we had a one postponement, which you're going to talk about shortly. Um, but Rosenborg Viking was the game to kick off the season 1 0 to Rosenborg. Arlison 0, Wallerengan 1, Ham Cam 2, Sanderfjord 0. Maybe upsetting the form book a little bit on that one. Sarsborg 0, Budaglimp 2, um, Starbeck 0, Odd 0. Tromso 1, Molden 0. Now that's the big, maybe, shock of the round. That's one that we've already had some questions before we'd even ask for questions. So um, we're definitely going to talk about that one. The champ is beaten. And Bran, the return, three, Haugerson, nil. So those were the games. We've got our itinerary. Um, Steve, we're going to start with the shock loss for Mulder, but I'm going to just ask you one or two questions um, that we've had from listeners on that very subject. Right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, obviously the, the main one was, I mean, really, uh, yesterday, when as soon as the result came in, uh, loyal friend of the podcaster and listener, Charlotte Patterson, Looking forward to the Nordic Football next episode to discuss Tromso's win over Moldo with a sort of a smirking emoji. Um, Joe Gould at 12th Yank also replied the same, same. So uh, let's start there, Mr. Meekman. What, what was your take on this game? Yeah, Tromso won Moldo nil. And I do believe Charlotte has taken up uh, supporting Tromso because of the similar sort of uh, maybe Sunderland reference, you know, certainly with the shirts, maybe the sort of location by the the sea of the north coast there in Norway. And um, do you know what? I never saw this result coming at all, certainly not pre-game. And in fact, um, in running, it just looked like Mulder were going to probably end up running away with it 2 or 3 nil. I mean, their actual expect- expected goals for this game was officially 3.13 on our... Uh, that's according to our partner's Scout. I saw some places list their XG as above 3.5. And they didn't even score a single goal. So, I mean, Tromso's expected goals was 1.07. And that included a missed penalty. Um, So, it was just one of those games where, 
you know, in the preseason um, podcast, I talked about overachievement with the metrics. Well, they've massively underachieved with the metrics here. So it's funny how these things even themselves out, Jonathan. 17 straight wins heading into this game in the, domestically um, in the league. And and they lose first match at Trump. So it's a tough place to go, but they, they shouldn't have lost this game. They had more than enough chances. Massive shout out to the goalkeeper of Tromso. Um, Jacob Halgard, former AI core man, he had a great game, and um, yeah, it was a really disappointing result for Mulder. One thing I will say about them, although they should have scored multiple goals, I think they maybe lacked a bit of a plan B. I mean, fair play to them, they stayed patient throughout the game, but sometimes you've got to sort of mix it up a bit, haven't you? And I think in the end, in the last sort of five or ten minutes, they were like, you know what, I think we're done here, it's not going to be our day. And they almost kind of accepted the inevitable. Accepting the inevitable. And you talk, you talked them up in the season preview and you said that you did expect them to maybe decrease their points total. If you haven't listened to the season preview, uh, every single team we've covered in detail, go on YouTube, go on um, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get the show. Obviously, the last episode, subscribe if you can. Uh, approaching 500 subscribers on YouTube, which is fantastic. You did mention that you expect Mulder to maybe have a little bit of dip in points. Um, so kind of maybe to a certain extent. And you, you did also say about Tromso that, you know, they're a tough place to go. So maybe it was a sort of perfect storm there, um, quite literally up in the north of Norway, um, that maybe sort of dulled Mulder's uh, chances. Um, from a fancy point of view, Steve, I just want to kind of pick on one or two names. Obviously, Pereira uh, with the goal. Oh, sorry, I'm not I'm in the wrong game. Rosenborg, I'm gone. Sorry. It was a very good goal as well, <laughs> the, the Pereira's goal for Rosenborg. I must say. Um, <laughs> I see. Yeah, in terms yeah. of fantasy, uh, so you mentioned Howgard, obviously, uh, five saves and it got three bonus points. Um, you, you did you did sort of, maybe this is a spoiler for your 10 to watch, but you did say there's not many, you're struggling for a goalkeeper in your 10 to watch. But was this, a, you know, was this a performance you expected from this keeper or was it a bit of a surprise for you? It was the sort of performance that makes me want to put him in my 10 to watch, even though he's 30 years old, because. Um, He's actually on my fantasy bench, would you believe, Jonathan? Um, I've got Hargard on, on my fantasy bench, and I've got Isaac Pettersson starting. Uh, Pettersson had a good game as well. It was a good good round for the goalkeepers, actually. There are some very good keepers in action in, in Elite Serien right now. It's just they're kind of... There's no secret to them. Everyone knows they're good. So, um, But nevertheless, yeah, Hargard, fair play to him. He had a very good game. Karlstrom saved a penalty for Mulder as well in this um, in this match. Fantasy-wise, I think there was a lot of disappointed Mulder owners, especially Martin Linez, who looked like he was going to provide multiple assists, but everyone kept missing the chances. I mean, if they keep playing like that, they're going to batter teams, to be fair. But, um, you know, Trump said just showed you, you set yourself up well enough, have a bit of luck and just scrap hard. Um, sometimes you can get a result like this. So, so fair play to them. Yeah, and a question also um, sort of on a similar subject from... Uh, Heskibo ESN uh, Heskibo asks um, in round one of Elite Serien 8 out of 16 teams kept a clean sheet should we learn anything from this or is it just one of those random things that happens sometimes for no reason interesting question there just related to goalkeepers well, I have seen it happen before in Norway uh, when when the league used to start in March the the, the pitches were never that good I mean the, the grass pitch in Starbeck no one would have scored on that pitch until Christmas Um partly because the two goalkeepers were, were excellent, but it just didn't really, um, it was, didn't, there's no way anyone can really play proper football on a surface like that at this time of year. Even some of the artificial surfaces looked a bit 
dicey. So it can happen. I looked at Obos League. I think there was five out of eight matches were under two and a half in that league. Two nil-nils in Obos as well. That's very unusual. So it, I think it's been a harsh winter, hasn't it? Everywhere in the Northern Hemisphere, really, in Europe. And it kind of showed there, really. So um, I think it's just the time of year and things will change, but we might have to give it... We've almost got to sort of put ourselves back in time about three or four weeks that these sort of physical conditions are more like mid to early March. So I think that is definitely a fact to consider. But there are, you know, the minute some good goalkeepers going around in the Lita Serian who were who look in good form. Yeah, Peterson, uh, we, we said it off uh, off air, didn't we? How we don't quite know how he's in in all in the Lita Serian moment as a top keeper um based on his time in, in Sweden. But uh, let's move on. That's a you know shock result of the round really hopefully that answers mm. the question. Uh, Charlotte, thank you very much as always for your support. Um, we're going to move on and I'm going to ask you a bit of a quick question from a listener as well that ties into the next uh, talking point theme um, it's about Bran. I think we should move yeah. on to Bran, shouldn't we? Um, Andy Martin, FPL tactician, says, after seeing one excellent performance from Bran, would Meat Man Soccer change his pre-season prediction and put them higher? Uh, now, for those who haven't um, listened to the season preview, you've got them um, in the top six. Go and listen to it to figure out where they are in the top six, maybe. But uh, Steve Wolf, you know, they've definitely lived up to the hype of the early round, haven't they? What a win that was for them. They did. And, you know, sometimes you see teams go into a season and they are overhyped and they don't deliver. But Brand absolutely delivered here, Jonathan, no doubt about it. 3-0 win against Hargerson. It could have been four or five. I've got to say I was impressed, but I wasn't surprised because we knew they had great momentum heading into the year. And they're also facing a team that I do predict will struggle. I think Hargerson did show a couple of decent things at times in, in their defence. Um, and they could have taken the lead, actually. They had a massive chance. But, yeah, Bran did look very good. I thought Bod Finner, I mean, you certainly needed to captain him this week in fantasy because uh, he looked sharp, probably the best I've ever seen him play. Um, I mean, he's 20 year, 28 years old now. And um, the goal he scored, the 2-0, uh, his first goal, that's the sort of finish that you wouldn't have seen from him. Um, in the past when he's been in this league with Volarenga or Bran. So, yeah, maybe, um, you know, it's clear that there's every single player in this squad is so confident. But, um, you know, let's just see how they get on. Um, I still maintain that I think they will. You you have made a good point in the season pre-season podcast. They might hit a brick wall at some point. Um, it's inevitable. So let's just see. Um, but I, no, I wouldn't change my prediction. That's uh, the answer to Andy Martin's question. Thanks for the question, Andy. Uh, at this stage, I wouldn't change my uh, my prediction there. Yeah, goals from Finner, uh, two for him and Heltner Nielsen. Um, assists from Finner, Wolf, and Bursting. I'm actually a bit gutted, Steve, because I did not captain Finner. He is in my team, but I captain Barisha, which uh, I'm now regretting massively. I'm going to give it a bit of a crack this season normally every single year i'm in the bottom 10 but uh <laughs> after week one i think i think there was a couple of seasons with even i didn't even enter my team until round two um i've always had a nightmare in this fantasy so i'm going to try and see what we can do and but, on yeah. the subject of fantasy um do feel free to join the nordic football podcast league thanks to those who have joined already uh the code to join is gb1qps so absolutely um get involved uh, it's a really popular um, competition at the moment. I think top of the Nordic Football Pod League after round one was uh, Abby Akara, team called Pivot Central, 85 points in total. So, uh, 
I think I I got seventy five points. Um, so I was pretty pleased with my my, my week one outcome. Um, but yeah, you, you're obviously. I mean, you, we'll come to our Svenskan fantasy a bit later. But I think you're up for it this year, Jonathan. Yeah, if I'd captain Finner, I would actually have had more points than you. And uh, so we'll see how that goes. I got 67 points. I was happy with that. You've done um, well without captaining Finner. Yeah, I was really happy with that considering I didn't have to. I had a few few decent scores on my bench as well. I think I've got 16 points on my bench. No, 14 points on my bench. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy with round one. But uh, on the subject of Finner, Steve, mm. uh, we have talked about him in recent previous years. I remember you sort of I mean, discussing him in past seasons. But we've got a question from Post to Points. P to at poster points, P to P. Um, I think he might be a Spurs fan. He's got kind of a Spurs little logo there, maybe on the Twitter. Um, so thank you very much. Maybe a new follower. I'm not sure. Maybe uh, first time questioner. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe you've asked those questions before, but I'm not sure I recognise the logo. Um, he says besides Bart Finner, which striker is set to hit the ground running in Elite Serian and why? Oh, that's a great. That's put really put me on the spot straight away. Hasn't it that one? Yeah, let's um, get into it this week, Steve. Do, no, do, you know, do you know who I actually did? There's two strikers I quite like the look of, and they haven't scored this week, and they're, they're two target men strikers. And one is Casper Warts ho at Starbeck, um, who I think definitely should have scored against Odd. And I actually quite like the look of Salverson at Viking. I think he he's actually a bit overpriced in the game, but um, he just looks like he's a good fit for that club. And I think, I mean, he should have scored against Rosenborg. He made a right menace of himself. He's a physical monster. Didn't work out for him at Buda Glimt. But at that club, if they can provide the chances to him, get the crosses in, I think Lars Jürgen Salverson is, uh, may well be the, the answer they want. And um, I think he's going to be a far better signing than Nick D'Agostino, who costs uh, 700000 from Melbourne Victory. Hopefully that answers your question then. Yeah, some, some names to look out for there. If you've got your notepad, we talked in the season previous, Steve's, Steve's pink notepad. I think that might be a good name for a fantasy team, actually. Steve's pink A5 notepad. But uh, yeah, great, great question there. Uh, so thank you very much for getting involved. Uh, post the points. So let's just keep moving on. Um, Steve, there's one or two little other listener questions I do want to ask you before yeah. we sort of uh, crack yeah, on with the itinerary. Um, just on the subject of, well, we're on the subject of players. Uh, we've got Jack Hacken, Feyenoord enjoyer. He says he's a Feyenoord supporter, I think, based in Rotterdam. Feyenoord fan, the Feyenoord logo. Who, what are some young and exciting players from Elite Serien you could see make a step up in the summer to a big foreign club like Feyenoord or Benfica? So maybe a next Tengstead. Uh, you may have already named them already in your mm. players. There. Is there anyone? Uh, I know we did. I mean, I would advise... Uh, Jack Hacken to go and listen to the season preview because we did. Steve did name a lot of players, and we've got our 10 to watch by the way, guys. Keep an eye out for that. Patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. Um, our 10 to watches will be out in the next week, so keep an eye on that. That'll be 10 players for you to keep an eye on in Elite Serie this season. Uh, you can also go on our YouTube for a 2022 version. Um, we tend to be quite good in that area, Steve, don't we? But maybe one or two just on, on the back of your maybe on your short list at the moment before revealing your 10 to watch. Maybe don't, I think, reveal, don't reveal maybe your tender watch, but just... Uh, yeah. I mean, he's asking there for, for players that are ready to move into sort of a club like, say, final, maybe then, you know, or a decent European team. Um, then, you know, if you're looking for a goalkeeper, I've always said it, Leopold Valstetter, odd. I think he's primed to be a really big move for him at some point in the next 12 months. 
You've got obviously Hugo Vettelson at Buda Glimt. He, he has signed a new contract now. Doesn't mean he's not going to leave. I think I think big big things await him. And um a man that everyone's keeping their eye on, um, at Lillestrom, uh, who weren't in action in week one because of postponement. Um, and that is Akor Adams, another um, very strong-looking uh, Nigerian striker. Uh, you, you really are producing some brilliant attackers at the minute, like I said, Jonathan. Yeah, it's always a league that produces uh, good players. Both leagues are, really. That's why we enjoy it. So thank you to Jack Hacken there as well. Let's move back to the itinerary, Steve. And um, in terms of results, the one uh, that did maybe catch your eye as well, I mean, we've talked about there being a clean sheet in every game. Do you just want to sort of pick up on that as well? Like, was there any teams that maybe... You know, who was a team of the who was a team of the week and from a clean sheet point of view, was there any teams that maybe stood out from that point perspective? Yeah, you know, we've got a few nil nils here and mm. um, yeah, it was a low scoring week. Um, no doubt about it. I think it's if you look at the XG numbers, there should have been more goals scored. The only real drab affair, I think, was Arlison against Volarenga. And Volarenga nicked a very good one nil win there. Um Sarpsborg had a 0.03 expected goals against Buda Glimt. 0.03. I mean, that's just shambles, isn't it? Yes, they did play with 10 men for the last 30 minutes. But, yeah, there was some, there was some good goalkeeping on show, some poor finishing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's not every, not very often the whole round of Norway Elite Serien is, uh, is both teams to score no. Yeah, very interesting one. And if you look at the upcoming games, you know, um, Viking, Lillestrom, Glimp, Starbeck. I mean, next week, Mulder, Rosenborg's a big one. Will we have... Um, more clean sheets or will we, we get girls? We, we shall see. But uh, if I do want to ask you actually one or two questions before we sort of round up part one. Mm. Uh, big wins for Hamcam. Um, and also we've mentioned Brown, of course, but Glimt, you know, we, we, we've got to sort of have a little mention for them. Haven't we? Uh, they've got off to a good start. Um, which of those two do you want to start with? Because we do have a couple of questions. Well, let's, let's, let's go to the Hamcam. Hamcam 2, Sanderfield nil. because I've got to be honest, I actually predicted this match wrong. Uh, I thought Sanderfield would come here and actually have give themselves a live chance of, of getting a win, to be honest with you, um, based on you know Hamcam's poor pre-season form. Sanderfield have looked good in the pre-season, but they reverted completely to the team that looked like they were going to get relegated last year. I thought they were really poor, actually. And if they keep that sort of thing up, that they're going to finish rock bottom of this table. Sanderfield, nowhere near good enough in, in all four sets of the game they were absolutely battered really um ham cam hendrik udal got him got a couple of goals for ham cam i did say in the preseason podcast where are their goals going to come from or well, maybe this 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 man might get them goals he he was underused at volarenga no doubt about it he wasn't Fagermo's favorite for whatever reason but when, when he did play there he did score some goals the last time he played regularly for a team um a whole season was in obos for a team called osan and he scored a lot of goals, 19 league goals that year. I think it was the year 2020. So, yeah, maybe uh, he's 26 year old now. He looked, those two goals will do in the world of good. And uh, you can only beat what's in front of you, of course. But, uh, you know, he scored a penalty, which I like a striker taking a penalty and bagged another before half time. And he looked, he looked dangerous. He put himself about a bit. He caused issues to Sanderfjord. And it was a very, um, it was a good performance from Hamcam. I mean, I've seen some people suggest it was a massive shock result. I mean, I don't, I'm not having that. Hamcam were the actual odds on favourites to win the game. I just think I've seen a lot of you know, sort of 16th place predictions for Hamcam or doom and gloom. 
And yes, I did. Ex- I didn't expect that the way the match to sort of go the way it did in terms of performances. But I'm not shocked they actually got three points. You know, it's Sanderfjord at the end of the day. Yeah, well. yeah. You've um, for those who haven't listened to the season preview, they're not exactly in your good books. I'm not going to say where they finished. Go on YouTube. Um, it's timestamped, so you can actually click on the Sandyfield link and listen to their season preview individually. But uh, let's just say for now that Steve wasn't too up on them. Uh, and Steve, just going to, I mean, we've got two questions from Joe Gould. Right. <clears throat> I'm only going to ask you one of them for this for this week. So Joe, if you yeah. listen, please, uh, you can re-ask that question, second question next week, maybe. Or we'll come back to it, Steve, maybe remind me. But um, in a word, would you agree that it was a six-pointer for, for Hamcam? Oh, yeah, maybe. It's, it's the first game of the season, so it's it's far too early to say, isn't it? But I, I yeah, I, I get where Joe's coming from there. You've got to be winning home games against Sanderfield in this league. It's simple as that. So Hamcam were, were very professional. They did the job that the crowd got behind them. And I think it's uh, they can kick on from that. They've got their first three or four games are very winnable for Hamcam. So it was really important that they not silence critics, but reminded people, you know, they were tough to beat last year and they they were really, really good physically in that game. I was impressed with them. A little bit a little bit more than one word there, but uh, I'll allow it because <laughs> you are such a, a charismatic fellow. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that answers your question there, Joe. Joe. And in terms of fantasy listeners, uh, what a start to the campaign for Henry Udal, as you mentioned there, with two goals, 13 points, only 6.2% ownership, 7 million. Maybe there's a you know ham cam name for you, for you on your team sheets there. Um, Ten points as well for Norheim, uh, four point five million defender. So that is going to almost wrap it off for part one, uh, Steve. But I do have um, just a couple more questions from listeners that we can't ignore. You you, you can feel welcome to uh, skim over these. But um, Andy Reid so rare. Uh, Andy Reid so rare. Andy Reid says. How do you see new signings Atanga, Awusu, and Bjarnason fitting into their respective teams' systems? Um, don't know. I mean, I'm guessing that's Isaac Atanga. Yeah, yeah. Just played 30 minutes off the bench for Allison. I mean, I think he's going to play up front, to be honest, or off the right wing. Um, I think he's going to be having to start matches very soon. Awusu um, at odd. Uh, is that the, the, the Awusu at odd that we're talking about? Um, yeah, from Vancouver Whitecaps. Let's go with it. I think he, um, again, it was another one. He was on the came off the bench the, the weekend. I'm not sure where he's going to play. Um, some were saying he might even play center back at some point, but um, yeah, I, I mean, again, he's a player I need to see a bit more of, to be honest. Um, a woosie and Bjarnason. Um, that is uh, return signing for Viking, yeah. Berkir Bjarnason, 34-year-old, former Villa player, 113 Iceland caps. I think he's just going to play in that sort of deep holding role. Um, he has he probably hasn't got the legs anymore, but um, experience head, uh, in the, uh, you know, in, the, in that midfield pivot there. And um, you know, I'm not a massive fan of old players coming in. You know me, but this might actually be a good signing because of his past links to the club, and uh, they need maybe a bit of experience in there. Good stuff. So hopefully uh, that answers your questions there, um, Andy Reid. Maybe maybe you're so rare team, in fact. But uh, let's wrap it. That's, that'll be it for part one. We are skimming through. It's only one round. We've got two rounds to cover in Sweden, so we're going to move over to that. In terms of fantasy, uh, Steve has given the code. Get your questions in as well. I think we will have a bit more of a fantasy focus this season. Um, hopefully you'll like that, whether it's on the Patreon or on the free show. But 
think that's hopefully given you good insight. Let's see how we get on in round two. Good luck to everyone with your teams. Uh, coming up in part two, we'll talk about Sweden. I mean, Steve, just before we do wrap up, obviously, uh, COVID has not gone, has it, in Sweden? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, when I saw this, that Strom's Godset had uh, up to 10 or more players with COVID, um, I, I was thinking we're back in the year 2020. I mean, how are we still getting postponements for COVID at this stage of of the world? I mean, I couldn't believe it, really. It's like I've not heard of a COVID postponement in any sport anywhere for like over a year. So what what on earth are they doing in Strom's God set, you know? I don't in 2020, know. You, went, you went back into lockdown, did you? And uh, <laughs> got your, uh, the I think it's it. a generous postponement. I mean, ba- basically... They've just had an illness has gone around the squad, haven't they? I mean, you've got to—I don't know. Sometimes you've got to, you know, step up, make the youngsters play. So I, I don't know, Jonathan. I was a bit um, disappointed that this match got called off, but um, and I think Lillestrøm would have been a bit annoyed as well. Really, they—I think they would have won that game. I was quite confident in them this week. Um, but hey, you know, I don't know what the, the league rules are, so maybe it, it abides by that. And you know, I think the match is going to get played in about within two three weeks i heard so chance of a double game week again in the fantasy so it seems that covid has not gone away in norway i mean certainly a lot of people think it's over but i guess it's not especially in norway maybe they're taking a bit more precautions but yeah um that will do for part one so coming up in part two we will move to sweden thanks very much steve for your contributions there and we shall swap ends as we do and see you in part two Welcome back to the Nordic Football Podcast. I'm Steve Wisson. I'm with Jonathan Fadugba. And uh, we're now going to talk about Swedish Svenskan. Two rounds um, so far in uh, in 2023. We've got uh, two teams on 100% record. That's Hecken and Malmo. Just going to go through the results uh, for the first two rounds. So bear with me here. Um, we've got round one. Elsborg nil, Hecken two. Mjellby two, Varberg two. Almstad 2, IE Core 1, uh, Hammer B3, Degaforce 1, EF Core, Jotteborg 0, Varnamo 1, uh, shock win there for Varnamo, Norshipping 1, Sirius 1, uh, Jordgarten 3, Bromma Poikin at 1, and Malmo beat Kalmar 1 0. Uh, On to the second round of action, Degaforce 3, Halmstad uh, 1. I can't believe that Halmstad have started the season with two matches over two and a half goals, by the way. Unbelievable stuff. Um, Bromma Poikina put up a very good fight against Malmo, but lost 2-1. Uh, Sirius nil, Jorgarten nil. Uh, Kalmar beat EFK Jotterburg 2-0. Hecken at 3, Hammerby 1. We've got plenty to say about that game. Varnamo nil, Mialby 1. Mialby back to their old tricks there, a 1-0 win. Uh, Varberg nil, Elfsborg nil, and Aikor nil. Norshipping 3 Bit of an, uh, an eye, uh, real eye catching uh, result there, Jonathan. First two rounds in, two teams with 100% record. Um, how are you feeling about the league so far? It's been great, I've really enjoyed it being back. Um, it is quite time consuming, I think, sometimes in the summer leagues, Steve. It's like you're in about to end one season, then you realize you're getting into another season. It's like you, you know, there's certain, there's certain uh, commitments elsewhere, parties that you're supposed to keep 
to, to keep your social life going you know it's, it's hard to balance everything but uh yeah I've, I've really enjoyed the first two rounds i think we've seen a continuation of the um, of last season in terms of different teams playing different styles uh hacking's exciting as ever um watching how hammerby sort of changed their team um you've got you know well you say if core was a shock result i personally didn't think it was a really shock result Varnamo, fantastic we'll talk about them i guess in a minute in that those two games but yeah you've got as it stands um He's sort of got Malmo. Um, I can't remember who's top of the league, actually. Isn't it? I think Malmo and Hacken. Malmo and Hacken, 100%. Yeah, and then you've got Oiko and AFK Yotterberg, bottom of the league. So that just tells you it's been a crazy first two rounds. Yeah, we're, we're going to start with that uh, Hecken against Hammerby game from this weekend because a lot of things happened um, in, in that fixture. Um 3-1 victory for, for Hecken, but that's not the full story, really, is it, Jonathan? Um, big game, two teams that, you know, I think some would say in the in the running in the running for a title challenge, but um, I mean this was done by half time really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, it was done by half time, wasn't it? It was a. I thought it was a really good performance from Hack, and they've been they've come out of the block flying. To be honest, I mean any any thought that they might have a title hangover has been put to bed in these first two games. They were dominant uh, in round one uh, as they sort of went, well pretty much comfortably dispatched uh, Elsborg two 0 uh, Aman Romeo, uh, who was in my tent to watch in last season's uh, episode, um, you know, last season's edition, uh, 2022. He came into the team because of an injury to one of the Gustafsson twins and put in a brilliant performance, got a goal. And uh, Ibrahim Sadiq, who I've, of course I talked about in pre-season, um, he put in a great show as well. Uh, Elsborg quite toothless. And then um, this week with the Hammerby game, I mean, it was billed as kind of like two teams going for the title, but... Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't quite buy the Hammerby hype. If you've listened to the season preview, you'll see where I put them. It wasn't in the top uh, three or four. And the game lived up to the billing, really. I mean, they were catastrophic. But, Steve, we have to talk about one of the worst goalkeeping errors you will ever see in your life uh, from Oliver Dover, a player who, by the way, I've put in my tent to watch a couple of years ago. I'm going to stick with it and say he's one of the best young keepers in, in, in Scandinavia, let alone Sweden, and he will go on to have a fantastic career. But he's going to have to erase the brain fart that he had <laughs> for this opening goal. So I've, never, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Uh, I think it was the fourth minute of the game. Um, I think it's had three million views on Twitter. That sums up. I mean, you... You're lucky if you get 10,000 views on Twitter with some of the videos that are clipped I've seen, let alone 3 million. Um, on our account, it's, you know, I think we had 1,000 retweets or something. Basically, to describe it for people who haven't seen it, he's received the back pass, controlled the ball, and then literally walked past the ball and just stood there. I mean, it, it is unbelievable what he's done. Um, watching it back, I think he thinks the penalty spot is the ball. And so basically... But if you look at that, if you actually look at him when he when he does it, it is like a lot of people said it's like a FIFA glitch. It is like it genuinely does look like a FIFA glitch. He just it's like mind. something on Football Manager, isn't it? On the match it's engine as well. It's like he just stops, like yeah. his body just stops. It's like he was possessed or something by the, you know, by a demon. He just stops, like he just walks forward and stops, um, leaving Benny Traore, who's obviously spent a year out injured, uh, the biggest gift of all time. He he actually said at half time that. Uh, it was a gift from God because um, he, he had a chance against Elsborg in the first week that he missed. Obviously, he's missed a year pretty much through injury. Um, so, yeah, you'll never see anything like it. You need to go and watch it if you haven't. 
I, I've honestly never ever seen. I mean, I even showed this clip to the wife, and she hates football. Like she generally hates football, mostly because players dive around all the time and stuff. But she couldn't believe it. Everyone I've shown this clip to is like, "Wow!" In fact, several are thinking it has, he has to try to fix the match or something because no, I no, no I, I know, but it's, it's just one of those. It looks so re- incredible that um, I mean, he's always he's always going to have to live with that, isn't he? Now, but um, it's such a freak one that I mean. I mean, hopefully he can recover because we know he's got a great talent to him there. But um, it kind of set the tone, didn't it? I mean, I, I, I thought Hamovich defending in this game was abysmal, to be honest. Um, but when a team, when something like that happens to a team early on, I can almost understand it. It rocks you mentally, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, Marty Sofuentes at halftime said that, you know, they just didn't come out of the blocks. He said that they the shape that he wanted to sort of implement just didn't work. I mean, he made changes in the second half. But yeah, you're right. You know, that that goal just sort of killed them really to a certain extent. But it, it's not an excuse, I don't think, because you can still mm. teams can still recover. Uh, Benny Triari with a hat trick. He started the season really sharply. He's actually come into the team as sort of the Eremiev replacement. I'm not sure how long that will last for because Ola Kamara, of course, is their sort of main signing. Um, but Triari's got the shirt and he's so far justifying it. Um, you know, getting on the end of those chances. He scored another. It was a brilliant, like little action in the box for him to sort of weave his way through and get the second goal, uh, and then he got a lovely third goal as well. So um, I, I think that Choire is a you know decent player, maybe for fantasy purposes. He could be one to look at for your team. I don't think he's hugely priced. I think he's cheaper than Ola Kamara, in fact. But um, Kamara did come on late in the game, uh, and you know Choire said after the match that you know he's just he's just delighted. Um, he you know after spending so long out injured. There were two really fantastic stories here. Mm-hmm. Um, Traore's return and obviously Christopher Kazani's return from North Shopping, which we'll talk about later. But those two being out for so long and missing um, large parts of last season, it was fantastic to see both of them um, back for different reasons, of course. Um, Hammerby, not a good start to the season for them. The derby is this weekend, or you call Hammerby, Stockholm derby, so that is going to be massive. Um, but uh, although they beat Degafors, I actually felt Degafors could have got something from that game. They had at least two clear one-on-one chances that Dovin uh, got them out of. And to be fair, Dovin made some good saves in, after the era. You know, he made a couple of good saves um, in the first half to stop uh, long-range efforts and things like that. So um, he'll have to live with it. He's a young keeper, but yeah, honestly, never seen anything like it in my life. Well, we're going to move on now, speaking of Aikor there, um, because two teams are rock bottom of the table. Um Aikor and EF Core Yotteborg. And this actually kind of leads me into a question from um, a very loyal listener down the years. Um, at Odin's Creation, does that Twitter name ring a bell to you at all, Jonathan? It's uh, Ted himself. Um, what? He, he, Where? <laughs> t- well, you must have missed it, but uh, at Odin's Creation has tweeted as, um, and that's Ted, what, what team in both leagues you have a soft soft spot for but think they won't last long relegated this year or next well it's ironic that i've got this soft spot for ef goyotteborg and if they keep these performances up they're not going to last long are they but i mean right, let's go here ie core and um ef core a, a shambles of a start to the season for both um it, What's going wrong? I mean, let's start with the IE Core here. Three nil loss against Norshipping. You maybe bring Norshipping into it as well here because they were quite good. But terrible start for the new manager in um, in Stockholm there. 
Yeah, where do you want to start? Well, I guess we could just start with a, you know, go down the league table. Um, Steve has decided, took it took it upon himself to support EFK Yotaborg. I actually saw you've joined the EFK Yotaborg supporters uh, fantasy league as well. So, you know, uh, there's definitely, someone's definitely nailed their hat to the, to the, to the mast, so to speak. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for you, you're, you're in the relegation places after two games. Or you call also bottom of the rock bottom of the league behind Bruma Poikina um, on goal difference. Uh, or you call, uh, we'll talk about it in a second. I'll start with the F call. No manager, no sporting director, I believe. I think they're still looking for a sporting director or it's interim. Um, clubs in crisis, definitely. Once again, I feel like every single season there's an EF Court crisis, uh, sometimes two or three in a year. Um, <clears throat> this was, I think the Varnamo game, I expected them to lose that game. Uh, in fact, yeah, I expected them. I didn't think they'd win that match. Uh, Varnamo, solid team, well coached. It's actually come out, according to some reports this week, that uh, EF Corps have actually approached the management team of Varnamo to take over. Obviously, we had David Cellini on the podcast, uh, and Kim Helberg's done a fantastic job there. But he turned it, I, th- I believe, according to this report, that they, they they turned it down. So that is massive as well, the fact that they're turning down such a massive job, um, considering if you listen to that Cellini interview, you know, they had, I think they had two or three staff, full-time staff at the time. Um, but yeah, it was Marcus Berg on goal, incredibly, in, late on in that match. And then Kalmar just sort of took them apart, really. Kalmar looking decent under their new manager. Um, so, you know, if you want to listen to more about Kalmar and EFK, maybe the season preview. Uh, so I'll, I'll try and keep it brief on them. But yeah, just a bad start. The new the joint manager duo, who are sort of interims, doesn't help that, you know, they know in the background that EFK are looking for a manager. It's just, just a bit of a mess. Um, maybe a bit of a concern about goals. I think defensively they were poor for the Kalmar game, some of the goals. Um, and then if you move on to sort of Oi Core, I mean, this is another club sort of in a bit of a mini crisis, Steve. Behind the scenes of the club, there's all sorts going on. I mean, the big thing about Oi Core at the moment is question marks about payments to agents. Now, this one is like, there's a few little bits and bobs. I don't think we'll have time to get into it this week, but Basically, there's sort of a lot of question marks and scrutiny on the club at the moment in terms of how they're managed. Uh, I think one of the club directors or chairman has taken a holiday at the beginning of the season, um, just gone on holiday, which, you know, they talked about that on the halftime show um, yesterday during the North Shopping Games, sort of saying it's not acceptable for him to be on holiday. And partly because he's sort of ducking questions about one of their signings. There's rumours going around that they've signed a player, basically, um, and nobody knows why they've signed this player. Uh, so we'll talk about that maybe in episodes to come. But there's big scrutiny on the management of Oracle, basically, and their payments to agents, uh, question marks around sort of why they're paying certain people's monies, uh, what's going on. So there's a little investigation going into Oracle and the runnings of them behind the scenes. Um, on the pitch, I think I'm already a bit worried about Brandstrom. Steve will be honest, he, he, his post-match interview yesterday, he looked like a man caught in a storm, I'll be honest. Um, <clears throat> come from, obviously, Mialbi. Maybe it just needs time, you know, maybe, maybe he just needs a bit of uh, time to adjust. Obviously, everyone needs time. But he did look a little bit kind of eyes glazed a little bit in that game. I mean, the Oikor fans were going mad when it was 3-0. They were booing. They were booed off at half-time. North shopping were fantastic, by the way. But, um, yeah, even the Halmstad game, obviously, first game of the season for Oikor, losing to newly promoted side, that's that's just poor. Uh, they don't look solid for leaking goals. You know, five conceded in two games. That's not like Oikor. Um, new signings, Jimmy Dermaz got taken off and I think he came out and said something about he's not happy about being taken off. He's only just joined the league. So things are not looking great for Oiko. This this derby this weekend, they're Oiko Hammerby's massive because whichever team loses that game, 
there's certainly going to be a few words to be said. If it were called to lose at home to Hammerby, Brandstrom's already, you know, I really hate this whole narrative of like managers getting sacked so early and stuff like that. But he did have a bit of a haunted look about him even yesterday. Yeah, and uh, at Barisha Show asked uh, what's gone wrong at Aikor. I hope you managed to uh, um, answer those questions there uh, that you required. I think you pretty much said what's going wrong. I must say, you talk about players who get um, angry about being subbed off and then say it to the media. That really pisses me off. I, I don't like players like that. I think they're f- far too above their own station. And um, it also, though, suggests that maybe there's not enough sort of management control or authority, and that is is a worrying worrying start indeed for for IE Core. And uh, you know, in, in terms of Gothenburg, then I actually watched a bit of the game against Kalmar. Um, I'll give Kalmar some credit. Uh, you know, you got to give him a bit of credit because they look really solid. It looked like the Kalmar more of last season. Um, really, I mean, EF Core's expected goals in that game was really low. Um, trying to find the exact figures here, but I think it was like 0.4 or something like that. They just offered absolutely nothing whatsoever. And, um, you know, that was a good good bounce-back win for Kalmar after getting dominated heavily against Malmo in, in round one, um, although only losing 1-0. I mean, we just got to talk about Gothenburg now because I noticed, I saw a tweet of yours, uh, Jonathan, um, some flights that you booked. And you are returning to the country this summer, I do believe. I don't know what position you, of course, are going to be in when you go over there. But... Um, yeah, you are um, going to be taking in quite a few games, I do believe, on your uh, when you go uh, back over to Sweden this summer. Yes, the triumphal return. Da, 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 da. Um, after I think I, I said five years on Twitter, there's actually six. I think I can't believe it's our time. Really, flies. six years. Um, last time I was in Gothenburg, Steve, we recorded an episode in the laundry room. room, laundry room of the hotel that I was staying in. Uh, I'll never forget that episode. <laughs> I remember I had a beer and cider, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a cider, maybe. Yeah, we talked about it. And uh that was that was actually the episode. If you go back a few episodes on the on the on the Spotify or the YouTube, it's when when I met obviously the previous sporting director of Beko Hacken. Um and yeah, we talked about that big story just a few episodes ago, even though it was four or five months ago now. But um yeah, I'm I'm I've I i could not resist it. I did want to sort of taking a couple of games but obviously with COVID it's been so difficult over the last few years but God willing I will be returning Steve you know in, in, in May uh, I'm going to be taking in EF Core against no Beckwack and Eurogarden uh, on the Wednesday I believe the 2nd of May or 3rd of May and then 4th of May uh, EF Core Jotterburg against Degafors hopefully I'll be there for the anthem Steve so maybe you might get a little uh, little selfie um but yeah i just wanted to have a game a couple of days where i could maybe get back-to-back games and unless i've gone in late april i think there's another there's a couple of back-to-back games i think yeah core playing Varnamo. i would like to have gone to that but i can't make that one it's a bit early for me so yeah may um if anyone's listening to this and lives in gothenburg uh or listens to the show or you live in sweden like tweet me at jfutbol i'd love to sort of uh, meet um anyone based in obviously gothenburg as well um, hopefully I should be attending both games, but I do need to sort out the accreditations and stuff, Steve. I don't know whether to maybe hit them up as an Nordic football podcast, see if we can get some uh, some tickets. But um, yeah, I'm going to be there, so I, I can't, can't wait. Obviously, it's a bit early. I don't like going on about things before they actually happen. So, you know, but I, I was a bit excited yesterday and sort of put out a little tweet. So uh, hopefully, Steve, it won't be long before I'm crossing that bridge again to Hissingen and, and uh, watching Hacken. 
Yeah, I've heard that you're going to be producing some great content out there for the Nordic Football Podcast. You're going to be taking your, you're going to be getting a GoPro and uh, <laughs> doing all these live blogging and stuff. Um, you paying for that one there? Yeah? If we get enough, if we get enough Patreon, so get subscribing to Patreon and Jeff uh, will do some uh, brilliant uh, <laughs> vlogging. If join, yeah, if you join Patreon, I'll, uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be doing Instagram lives and whatever you want, basically. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully I'll be able to get some some good interviews, maybe. No, I'd love to sort of talk to someone like Benny Traore, um, but also time time wise, we'll see how we go. But yeah, I, w- I will be back, uh, and I can't wait to be honest. I'm really excited, but you know, a long way. To, there's a few weeks to go before that happens. You know, I'm, I don't like talking about things before they actually happen. But um, hopefully, that answers your questions. And you know, how can your garden will be a fantastic game? So that that could be a great one to watch. And Degafors, they've started the season not too badly. I mean, they were decent at Hamby, uh, had big chances, like I said. And then they've dispatched Hampstead, so they've started the season fairly well. Um, so you know, all four teams to watch should be should be fun. Let's see if yeah. Cole Lindsborg have a have a have an, uh, a management team by then. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope from their perspective. But uh, yeah, and talking to Patreon, there is um, we thank anyone who's been supporting us over the last year or two. Uh, there was um, some bonus content uh, for the patrons this week. It's a exclusive interview with Starbuck assistant manager Hugo Vicente. That's going to be going out public within the next week or so. Um, we thank very much uh, Hugo for his time there. It's a really great interview. We're going to timestamp it and everything on YouTube and uh, a great insight into the club of uh, fantastic uh, uh, young and aspiring uh, manager, up assistant manager. And um, back to Halmstad. Not Halmstad, uh, Degerfors, sorry. You're right, they're quite an exciting team. And there's a player in their team who did very well for you in fantasy this week, Jonathan. In fact, you've actually been doing extremely well in our Svenskin fantasy. I was looking at the NFP league table and I, I tweeted this. I thought it was a mirage initially. Um, but JF is fifth in the table. In fact, you were, you were actually top of the league at one point at one stage this weekend. But now we've got Bjorn Lommeland is top on 141 points um, with a team called Norabanya. Uh, anyway, he captained... Um, Isaac Kizatelin, uh, like me and you did, but he also got Benny Triori in his team. So uh, that's why he's done so well. But yeah, great start for you, Jonathan, in fantasy. And um, uh, what have we got the, the league code for, to join for this? I mean, if we can't do it on this one, you can maybe uh, tweet it out. But um, yeah, you, you bang up for it this season, mate. Yeah, I've got the league code uh, for me, for, for you here, if you haven't joined it yet. Uh, it is WWVOV9. Uh, fantasy.allsvenskan.se again we've got uh, loads of people joining the league which is fantastic uh, I think the <clears throat> I think the elite seven league is slightly bigger <clears throat> but uh, yeah there's 41,000 players in in Allsvenskan fantasy about 42,000 total um, and I'm currently ranked 1,286 which I'll, I'll take um, yeah yeah happy with the start long way to go obviously Zeta Strom got sent off for me so that was minus two points that I could have done with um, in serious yoga, we haven't, we haven't actually talked about yoga garden, but um, yeah, they they've made a sort of okay start, you know, dispatching uh, BP and then and then um, drawing away at serious. Serious might be one to keep an eye on this year. They've they've had a better start than I expected, um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, happy with the start. Obviously, I can see you've got an eagle eye on my team checking out the players I have. But yeah, I was I was happy with this week. Uh, I think Sadiq got an injury, which I'm worried about, but. Um, yeah, I'm going to need a new. I'm going to need a new keeper now, basically, because uh, Zetterstrom is facing a ban. So I shall be in the market. <laughs> I, I also need a new keeper. I've been caught out massively. Um, I went with Noel Tornquist, 
for Mialbi. And you know what? I very nearly uh, changed him because he made a horrendous error in the first game against uh, Varberg. Shocking error. And Anders Torstensen has been ruthless um, and dropped him. So, yeah, I don't blame Torstensen. You can't make mistakes like that um, and get away with it. So uh, I got my, my the keeper I've got on my bench is basically just a cheap backup who never does anything. So I've got to get a goalkeeper in. Um, so I don't know who I'm going to choose. Um, minus four, playing your wild card already. Well, I've got I've got transfers. I've got two free transfers. So, but I'm annoyed that I'm having to use a goalkeeper because, uh, you know, I I yeah. planned Mialbi's fixture so well and they get the clean sheet and my man, of course. Or maybe they wouldn't have kept a clean sheet if he was back in goal again. <laughs> yeah, well, so, um, I watched that game against Varnamo. It was very, <clears throat> it was a very um, low-key game to be honest. It wasn't many chances uh, for either team. Varnamo were a little bit disappointing actually on the back of that massive win at, at EF Core. Uh, and of course, the game was played at a neutral venue because uh, it was played at Elsborg Stadium because Varnamo's pitch isn't wasn't ready for the match. So I think that probably played into. It. I think the attendance was less than one thousand. So it was really subdued atmosphere. It was a midday kickoff. Um, but yeah, I did catch the game. Malby looking solid as as, as ever. Uh, I was impressed with their defence. Um, as always, Thomas is a solid, organised manager. And uh, Varnamo probably just still not getting the balance of their squad. Right, still think they're not quite sure. Like Engvall had a disappointing match. Uh, he looked better off the bench against the Core in the first round. So a few things going on with Varnamo maybe to, to iron out. But yeah, as I mentioned, they've been, you know, they've denied, they've turned down the Core job. So uh, that's very interesting and one to keep an eye on. Would would you say, uh, and we'll finish the pod by talking about this, um, Isaac Kieser-Tellen is a must-have in fantasy at the moment because he has uh, scored two very important goals for Malmo against Bromar Poikin late on. Uh, he scored in round one as well. He served me well so far, I must say. I, I watched this game and I wasn't actually that impressed with Malmo. But they, they kind of got the win, almost like a champion's win, playing poorly. Uh, but Kieser-Tellen looks, looks sharp right now, doesn't he? Yeah, he's getting the goals. Uh, obviously, first game was a, was a penalty. Malmo Camel was a very sort of tactically intriguing game. Malmo went with um, three sort of, they tried to sort of emulate Pep style. They went with three defenders um, and kind of <clears throat> tweaked the team around. It was quite interesting to see what he did tactically there, uh, Henrik Riesdrom. Um, and eventually it paid off. I think he went back to a back four against Bruma Poikner, if I'm right in saying. And um, they were losing for stretches of the game. I know you watched the match. I haven't actually caught this game yet. I've seen the highlights. But uh, keys are telling. He's a you know he's a main striker, isn't he? He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be their main man for probably the till the summer. It's just a question of how how can he stay fit really? I think sometimes keys are telling can get injury problems, um, and that'll be that'll be the issue. I'm glad I, glad I captained him. I nearly didn't, so I'm happier that I captained him in the end. But um, I think he's gonna be an important player for them. The only thing with Reestrom is there has been sort of that he does show a tendency to maybe potentially rotate. But I, I can't see Kieser-Tellen being rotated too much. So, yeah, he's probably a must-have at this moment in time, despite his price. Yeah, I thought they were poor. I've got to give Bromer Poikiner a bit of credit, though, because I thought it was a really encouraging performance from them. Uh, Alexander Jensen scored an excellent goal, actually, and they, they hit the post in the first half as well. They they might be a handful at home. Who knows? Um, you know, they will concede goals, and there were some mistakes at the back, but... Not too bad from them, but you know, you get the three points sometimes. Um, doesn't matter how you get them, does it? It was a bit like Rosenborg in Norway this week, but uh, two point, uh, two teams on six points. And uh, I'm just looking through if we've got any um, significant questions um, about Norway on the uh, Twitter. I'm not sure there was anything specific about 
um, sweet. We, we do have a question. We do have a question, which I'll. I'll uh, which was the, where was that? I don't want to say it wasn't. It wasn't about uh, offense again in general, but it was about players, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was a question that you had. I know. Okay, fine. Forget it. <laughs> there is actually a question. Yeah, the, no, Ted's question. Ted's question about soft Ted's spot. question. Sorry, yeah, Ted's question. Yeah, yeah. Team that I have a soft spot for, but think they won't last long. Uh, I'll, you've chosen the Swedish team, so I'll go with Haugesund. I think they, you mm. know, they're not looking great, are they? And um, did have a bit of a soft spot for them, just a bit like Christiansen. I did like them, and they were toast. So uh, could be the kiss of death. But uh, I think Odin, 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 Haugesund, the two teams I quite like in that in that league. And, I suppose I'd have got a better chance of staying up than Haugesson at this moment in time. But, uh, yeah, hopefully that was his question. By the way, Ted, seeing you on Twitter was made my day, to be honest. I didn't actually realise it was. Uh, just, you I'm just shocked you, haven't you? When I, when I saw uh, Odin's creation, I You've must say, got a new Twitter my, eyebrows, my eyebrows uh, went up. because That's the best news I've seen all day. It was um, a sensational. Uh, Ted, I hope you're doing really well. Um Really, yeah, really well indeed, mate. It's uh, we appreciate your loyalty over the years. We will round off the show by um, mentioning a kind of a, a real good feel actually. Um, in the Norshipping game, a player that we were deeply concerned about last year, um, but he's made his return to the field, and this was quite emotional, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we got to end, we probably got to end the show with this one. I can't can't avoid talking about Norshipping. But uh, the, the biggest story, I think, of the maybe of the week, in fact, is just this return for Christopher Kazani at, at Oyekor Stadium. There was a massive banner of him uh, from fans in previous, uh, you know, previous weeks. Um, but the story has had us well, hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully a good happy ending. And um, basically, Christopher Kazani, you might remember if you if you're a regular listener to the show, you might remember we talked about North Shopping last season when they were in really bad run of form with Rickard Norling. And there was one game they nearly had cancelled because the players were so shaken. Um, and there was a rumour about a player. No one knew what was going on. Like There was a rumour that a player had a serious um, health issue. Nobody knew what was going on. Then it came out that it was Christopher Kazani, but nobody knew quite what was going on. Uh, basically, Steve, obviously, we, we never really picked up after that. We just said, get well soon, didn't we? And we, we kind of, it was April 2022. Um, he received the news, basically, that he had a malignant brain tumour. Um, he had a long break from football. Uh, of course, nobody knew if he would ever come back. Um, he underwent surgery. He's beaten. Um, he's beaten the tumor. Uh, come back to everyday life and is back playing again. And he came on. Um, he has already played. Obviously, he played in the cup game. But uh, 17 months since his last Osvenskan game, Steve, he's come on uh, and uh, got an assist in the game against Oikor for the third goal. It was really he actually changed the game in my opinion. In that second half when he came on, he was brilliant. Uh, came off a hamstring, I think, um, and he, you know you wouldn't know he's out. He's obviously he's got a um, he's wearing sort of like a, a cap, a bit like sort of Petr Cech. I don't know. I don't know if that's related, but uh, yeah, basically, you know, Glenn Riddersholm, the manager of Norsham, came back and said he's a role model. Uh, he's had an unbelievably difficult time, and to come through it is amazing. Um, he's a wonderful football player, and you can see that he's got a natural talent. So yeah, he you know he really he did really play well. It's not just sort of saying that because he's back. He actually had a phenomenal impact on the game when he when he came on. Neiman, Trusses, and Sigurdsson, they, they ripped their AK apart, to be honest. But uh, we've got to end it on that fantastic news uh, about Kazani uh, coming on that 65th minute, getting 25 minutes back in Osvenskan. They said they're going to take it week by week. His body may still have injuries and he may get tired more easily. But day by day, we will hope to have him back. So fantastic news to end it on. 
That is indeed brilliant news. Uh, great to see him back on the field. And, uh, yeah, really good way to finish off uh, the episode. Well, uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, we'll be back again very soon um, for more. It was a pleasure as always, Jonathan. Um, do remember to check us out on the socials at Nordic Footpod, at me, Soccer for me, and at JF Football for Jonathan. But uh, until next time, I don't know if you've got any more closing thoughts, Jonathan. It's goodbye from me. Yeah, that's it. Don't forget patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. If you haven't listened to the uh, Starbuck interview with Hugo Vicente, and we will have more content. We need to talk about that. But Steve, uh, we've also got our tentor watches, which will be coming in the next week or so. So uh, patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. And thank you to the guys who have subscribed. We had a few new subscribers, so always appreciate that. But hopefully that wraps up the first two weeks. And stay tuned for a lot more content on the Nordic Football Podcast to come. See you around, everyone. Take care. Stay safe. Goodbye.